Welcome to the Changemakers Podcast, brought to you by Graf Martin Communications, where we discuss ministry, marketing, and leadership for good. I'm your host, Ellen Graf Martin, and each episode you get to join me in conversation with some of the most interesting changemakers and groundbreakers from across Canada and beyond. Today is an exciting day because we're bringing you the very first episode of our brand new podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us and tuning in. To give you a taste of the upcoming season of the Changemakers podcast, I'm sitting down with my friend Melinda Estabrooks, host of the Canadian women's show See, Hear, Love. She's going to ask me questions about why we're starting a podcast, what there is to look forward to, and what you can expect. Thanks again for listening. Let's dive into my conversation with Melinda. Well, today I'll be asking Ellen some really deep, inspiring, and thoughtful questions so you can get a feel for what's to come. Are you ready? All right, Ellen, here we go with our first question. Yay, I'm Uh, I'm, I'm excited about this. I am so excited about this, Ellen. This is, actually, we've not really done this back and forth, have we? A lot informally. Informally. A lot Mm -hmm. informally. We have solved the world's problems over and over and over again. <laughs> yes, we so, have. But there are always new ones. Yep, there are. And I think this is going to be great to actually hear you answer some of these questions, especially mm-hmm. about leadership and passion. So last fall, we had you on my show, See, Here, Love. Yes. And your episode was on being a different kind of leader. I'll tell you this. It was one of the most popular shows on See, Here, Love. It was also one of my co-hosts, Brooke Nichols, a favorite show. When we said, mm. what was your favorite show from the last season? Brooke Nichols brought it up that it was you because you inspired her about how you were leading, leading differently. And it, it was amazing. So we loved having you on the show, Ellen. But I think it's, it was really important and inspiring as you talked about being a different kind of leader. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Because I think different means different for many people, but you have a really unique perspective. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I think the reason why when you asked me to talk about on being a different kind of leader, I kind of was like, well, what would I say? Like, I don't know. You just, I'm just leading. I'm just doing what God has called me to do. And I think honestly, that's the what being a different kind of leader is. It's leading how God has created you, not leading the way a book tells you to lead, not leading the way a coach tells you to lead. It's not leading by following someone else's example. Like it's little bits of all of those things, but we're also unique and we're so uniquely created. And I think that we all get to lead people in different ways and the ways that we are just wired. And I think that really is what it is to me. And so a lot of people don't think they can be a leader because they don't look like John Maxwell, for example, or whoever that person is. They're like, that person's a leader. I'm not a leader. I'm just, we always have this thought of being like this imposter syndrome, right? Mm, oh, yes. Like, I'm not really a leader. And and you have challenged me on this over the years because I started something called Ellen's Picks. And I don't know if you remember that, but I give you 100% credit for that. <laughs> and it was because I was telling you about a book I was reading and you said to me, um, who are you telling about this? And who are you telling about the books you read? And I said, I tell you guys, you know, at work. Which you, which you did. I did, yeah. <laughs> and very passionately. And you were, yeah, you 
you love telling us about the storyline or how it came to be or about the author. Yeah. And you said that's not good enough. (laughs) (laughs) In in a way that only you can say that's not good enough. And I was like, what do you mean? And you're like, you need to tell other people, other people, you know, you need to tell this to your peers across Canada. And I'm like, I don't have peers. I don't know what you're talking about. I just live in Elmira with my cat and my kid and my crafts and my husband and all of those things. And you were like, no, there are people who think you are, you're a leader. And it shifted the way I thought about myself. And I think that was probably four years ago now, um, four and a half years ago, because we launched it, I think four years ago. And I remember you helped come up with this list of women that I needed to invite. I looked at the list and I'm like, oh my word. Like these people don't care who I am. They don't, you know, I'm going to send them an email. And I actually was like, no one is going to respond. I had that in my head. And I remember sending the email and going for lunch because I was like, (laughs) I'm going to be a hundred percent rejected. They don't care. And when I got back from lunch, I think I had 24 emails saying I'm in. And it was pretty pretty quick. I remember that they responded pretty quickly to you. And it was two days, like 48 hours. And we had over 40 of the 50 spots filled. And I was like, wow, there are other women like me who feel like I do and just need encouragement. And so encouragement that way has become part of just who I am as a leader. So, yeah. What's it like being in this position of leadership, Ellen, as a woman? Hmm. I think you know, as someone myself, as a woman in leadership, you know, my story is different, but what has it taken for you to get where you are? Yeah, sounds funny, but it has taken a lot of men who really believed in me. Mm-hmm. And I know you and I have, we've talked about this. Um, and, but that honestly is what it was. I think part of it is, and I know you and I are similar this way, that we started out in our careers pretty young. Yeah. I was, um, I think I was 23 when I first- Not too long ago. Yeah, it was a (laughs) A few few years years ago. ago. (laughs) Um, Like 20. Um, But that's okay because now I'm a seasoned leader. Uh, But, you know, back then it was just somebody taking a chance on me. And I remember I was really fortunate to be, to kind of grow up into adulthood and in my career with an amazing ministry. I was with OM and I had these really seasoned leaders who were in their second career and just wanted to pour information into young people. And I mean, I was their um, succession plan and they, they really treated me that way. And they treated me a bit like a daughter where they were really investing in me and that made all the difference. And so, um, and that really followed me through my twenties and early thirties, just having those, those people invest in me. Um, and, and I think that that has made me so much of the leader I am today because I actually didn't know that my gender was a barrier, uh, because they just didn't tell me it was. And I'm sure it was a barrier in some ways that I just didn't perceive, but like, and I would show up and you're, you've been in this situation too, where I would show up to a ministry or marketing meeting and I would come in as the marketing consultant and I would be at the time, (laughs) the only person under 40 and I would be the only female in the room, but nobody ever told me that I didn't have a a voice at the table. So I just assumed I did because I was invited. So if I'm invited to the table, I have a voice at the table. Mm -hmm. And I know I've shared that a lot with the people who work with me, especially some of the younger women is that if you're invited to the table, you have a voice at the table. So, so speak up. 
And, um, and so I just kind of always believed that. And so, yes, it probably made me unpopular sometimes, <laughs> but, but it, it, I, I didn't doubt that I had my place. So. And I see that in your office today where many of the people that work for you are young, mm-hmm. you know, and so I can see how what you've experienced is now being reflected and actually, um, what you've taken, you're actually doing now as a leader here at Graf Martin Communications. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I already talk about my succession plan. I am 43, but I'm just, as, I, I don't know what God has for me next. And yet I don't want to lose all this experience. So I'm already working on my succession plan and the people around me and investing in them and helping them grow is, I mean, that's probably part of being a different kind of leader is it's not normal that is at 43, you're thinking like, what's my succession plan? Um, but these people are my succession plan, not because I think I'm going to croak, but because mm-hmm. I want to be available for what God has for me. So I think that's the key. And I think that's what makes you a different kind of leader, Ellen, because I think I love what you said in that you never thought age or gender was the barrier. It was always like you walked into opportunities and sat at the table mm-hmm. and, and made sure that your voice was heard. Mm-hmm. So so there's a there's a bit there in that, you know, as there are people listening, I'm sure, who are like, man, that terrifies me. Yeah. Or I've always lived in that space that there were blocks that keep me, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's family of origin or what people have said about me and therefore mm-hmm. I've made those as truths. But I think that's a really beautiful, open way to live. Mm-hmm. If you don't think there are barriers mm-hmm. and you actually walk into every situation mm-hmm. and and make sure that your voice is heard. Mm-hmm. And my greatest barrier was myself and my confidence. Mm. And so, I mean, the reality is, is that, yeah, people can absolutely put barriers there for you, but it's phenomenal how how quickly the barriers fall when you just know you belong there. And so, and that if God has opened the door, um, he's, he's put you there. So <laughs> awesome. I, yeah, it, it, it's like, sounds yeah. so simple, Yeah, but it's actually, I mean, when you look at what you've built, it's, it, it's been hard, but that mm-hmm. way of living mm-hmm. is, is quite simple. It is. Yeah. And it has been a lot of hard work. Yeah. Like you don't build a marketing agency when you, like I was 32 when I started this and I had no idea how little I knew I had never worked for an agency. The only reason I was starting an agency is because somebody asked me if I would start one because they wanted me to do work for them. Mm. And um, and then they opened the door and gave me opportunity, which was phenomenal. Um, I'm so, so grateful for that. And, you know, I just did what people believed I could do as well. Like that's that's part of it. However, uh, you know, for about five years, every January, I would dream about quitting. <laughs> Because it was just hard. That's real. It yeah, real. it is hard. It was just hard. Leadership is really hard. Yeah, and being an entrepreneur, which I want to ask you about, because I know a lot of young people want to be entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So it, the the fear of big corporate America and Canada mm-hmm. and, you know, big corporations is like, I don't want, you know, the big firm to run my life. You know, I hear yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Uh, for someone who is an entrepreneur, yeah, what would you say to those those young people who are saying, no, I want to start and I want to, you know, start my own business. And I want to, you know, I want to do this because I don't want to be a part of big corporation. What would you say sort of pro and con oh, gosh. on that? Mm. The funny thing is I have never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. Really? Really. And then last year I got asked to speak at my daughter's career day. 
And I was asked to speak on being an entrepreneur. And it was hilarious. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I'm an entrepreneur. (laughs) And, uh, And then I had to look through my history of like how I became an entrepreneur. And so mm-hmm. I told these kids, it was so fun actually, because I got to talk to kids, elementary school aged kids. I got to talk to every single class in the school, which was really, except for the kindergartners, which I totally would have had a ball with those kindergartners. But um, I talked to them about how my first job as an entrepreneur was when I was 11 years old. And I talked about how I did this and how um, like my entrepreneurship I got to test it out really young. And honestly, it's just who God made me to be. And I think part of it is people want to be an entrepreneur because, okay, number one, it's just kind of popular right now. And um, we kind of worship these people who were like weird entrepreneurs like Steve Jobs. And like, you know, mm-hmm. we, we talk yeah. about these people who I just saw this post about like, how Google started in a garage and Apple started in a garage and all these con- companies started in a garage. What you need to do is build a garage. I'm like, really? <laughs> if that's all yeah. it took. If that's all oh. it took. <laughs> I honestly feel like it's calling. And so I don't know that my calling is to be an entrepreneur, but my calling is to use my gifts so that they glorify God in whatever sphere he puts me in. Mm. And so could I work in a big company? Probably I might drive them crazy because I am entrepreneurially um, wired. wired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which doesn't always work in a big system. But at the same time, if that's what God called me to do, he would equip me for it. And so I think that's part of it. Like, don't just be an entrepreneur because it seems like a really great way to have freedom because it's not. Um, actually, you can work way more as an entrepreneur than as someone who has a nine to five job, but you also can shape what that looks like. And so that's been one of the big pieces, again, of being a different kind of leader has been around shaping my own agency and building the agency I wanted to work for, not the agency I had to work for, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And as you shape, I mean, you've started Graph Martin Communications 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. You've really been shaping and evolving mm-hmm. this identity of, of what you do and, and who you are. For those, Ellen, who aren't familiar with what you do, what was sort of the, you were saying a little bit about the dream of how it started, because now you're launching a podcast, yeah. which is sort of part of this shaping yeah. and evolving. Talk to us through that and, and how you came up to this point now where we're sitting here in this beautiful new space and talking to each other on high-tech equipment for a podcast, your first one. This is exciting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I started the agency working, doing publicity and marketing for publishers and and authors. I knew that area, but it was within actually about six months that I knew that if, if I wanted to stay in this for the long game, I needed to have a ministry component to it because that's just how my heart is wired. I started off as a missionary after university. I was in missions for five years. I needed that ministry output. I couldn't just be selling books. Selling Christian books is great, but it's not, wasn't enough. It needed that ministry element. And so started working with ministries. They, they asked me, you know, if you do this for books, can you do it for us? And I said, yes. And so we've really grown that area over the last 11 years. So now we actually do about 50% of our work, if not more, is with nonprofit organizations, helping them with brand, brand clarity, messaging, PR, um, social media advertising, which we're great at. Like Those are all areas of such strength. And even just planning out their marketing 
and helping them uh, shape their marketing departments. Like a couple organizations have even had me in to pull apart their marketing team and put it back together again. And not just because I've got the marketing skill set after doing this for almost 20 years, but because I get their ministry heart. Again, I think God uses all of those pieces, not just our skills, but our heart and our character. And so he's been pulling all of those things together. And then, like, do you want to talk about how the pot, like, why are we doing a podcast? Mm-hmm. Well, because it's like, yeah. I mean, it's not that it's a jump. I mean, it's just, it to me, it makes sense. Yeah. But if you're doing kind of that work, then all of a sudden, oh, now we have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like we're just kind of like doing all the things and it's not. It's actually mm-hmm. very, well, it's kind of intentional, strategic, but also just like it was the thing we had to do. Yeah. And fun. Yeah. And fun. And we get to hang out and, and have, have fun. fun. <laughs> and I mean, the reality is because we work with these incredible organizations, like if I list out the organizations that we get to work with, I'm just blown away. Mm-hmm. Um, like I never would have imagined it. And we have these incredible conversations. And I just wish that we could be capturing these conversations and sharing them because in Canada, like the church is so small and we're talking about things that organizations just don't necessarily talk about. We're talking about ministry and marketing and how you can like, because marketing and you and I talked about this, like Mm -hmm. marketing is like a bad word in the church and it's like manipulation. It's all laced with this really bad stuff. But my conviction is that it's just a tool and you can use a tool for good or evil. And, um, and God hasn't, you know, he hasn't made anything like, I'm trying to think what that, the word is. There's nothing wrong about doing marketing as long as you're marketing the right thing, you know? And a lot of our, and honestly, a conversation I have over and over and over again with the ministries we work with is that they are essentially marketing organizations and their main function is marketing and not marketing bad, but doing good marketing to tell people about the gospel, to grow the kingdom to save the lives of children to like, they're doing amazing things. And if they don't communicate in Canada about what they're doing, no one will fund it and it will just not happen. So we need to do marketing for good. And so kind of fast forward that we have all these great conversations and our clients also need to be sharing what they're doing in new ways and better ways. I was hosting a conference this summer called change makers. We were co-hosting it with Ecocom marketing And um, I was telling our ministries they needed to make changes and kind of not, this isn't the right word, but kind of progress. Like we need to be looking at tools in new ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said to our team, like, what about a podcast after having some other conversations? And they were like, yeah. Were they young? Yeah, they were young. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, of course. Like, why haven't you thought about this like two years ago? Yeah. Right? And I I think my answer was like, (laughs) really? Um, and so because I am the type of person I am, I'm like, all right, they're telling me we got to do this. I believe them. And I believe I, it was one of those areas where I'm like, how come I haven't thought of this before? Our clients need to do it. Like so many of our clients want to do a podcast, need to do a podcast, don't know how to do it. And so the best way for me to learn how to serve them in this is by us having our own podcast, um, serves two purposes. We're going to learn how to do this well. We also um, get to contribute to the conversation and we get to invite these really cool people in to say, like, what are you doing? Tell me about your journey of leadership, ministry, marketing. And um, and that allows people across Canada and around the world really 
because this is such a cool way to communicate your message to be that fly on the wall and just hear these really cool things. Amazing. So you're really capturing stories. We are. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. That's what marketers well, do. That's what you do. And you know? you know, it's so funny though, Ellen, because I always find that, especially for Canadians, the whole marketing, promoting yourself, you know, being out there, everyone seems to be like, ah, I don't mm-hmm. want to do it. I don't mm-hmm. want to, I don't want to be out there too much. I don't want it to be about me. And many times, or maybe that's me pushing you for like an Ellen's picks. Yeah. I have to be the kind of person to push and go, come on, this is a good thing. Yeah. Like there are things that are being marketed that aren't good. Yeah. But the good things need to be marketed. They need to be known. Yeah. They need to be shown. Right. And you're hiding these great opportunities mm-hmm. for people to serve or to make a difference in the world because you're just too afraid or too embarrassed or nervous about, you know, marketing. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is so important and excited about this podcast. Now, what's interesting about your podcast, you have the subheading that says this. The subheading is ministry, marketing, and leadership. Pause for good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what what does that mean? I like that. I like that sort of it's not just like ministry, marketing, leadership, period. But mm-hmm. you have a dash for mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And I just want to demonstrate to people exactly what you're saying. Like people are afraid to say, look at what we're doing. Um, And so we get to have those conversations where we can say, look what God is doing through Melinda. Like, look what he's doing through See Her Love and look how he's using her gifts and her network and all of those things that make her amazing. And look how he's doing good in the world through this. Um, And we get to do that with other organizations. I'm super excited about having um, Allison Alley from Compassion on the show and um, Mary Lynn, who's a Christian psychotherapist. And now it sounds like I'm having only women on the show. Like you, you're going to be doing an episode and, and different men. Like there are men that lead these organizations that no one knows them and they are doing incredible things. And I have learned from them. I'm, I'm growing alongside them. We're doing ministry. We're doing marketing. We're doing leadership together and we're doing it for so much good that no one knows about. So this is kind of like, I feel like we have all these, and everyone says this, but I feel like we have all these best kept secrets, you know, mm-hmm. and and we get to share those. And I get to invite other people like just into the conversation so that they can be part of this too. Yeah, I love that. And I love that for good. Mm-hmm. We need more good we in the do. world. We, and we need to believe it can be used for good, right? right? Yeah. Because that's why we hide it. We think it's, we think there's something wrong with it. It's always so funny. I, I always laugh and, you know, I, I hear about something. And I'm like, oh, do people know about it? Have you promoted it? They're like, oh, no, I can't do that. Yeah. And I'm like, why not? You know, like we can support, you know, sports clubs and other great brands. But mm-hmm. when it comes to ourselves mm-hmm. or um, things that we're a part of that are good, we just tend to be, you know, we're, yeah. we're a little bit more cautious. Yeah. We're a little bit more like, ah, I don't know if I should yeah. do that. I don't want to be self-promoting or yeah. too out there, right? And I think it's because we think it's an, you know, either or like Mm. you either are totally self-promoting and obnoxious, which is a very, like, I think a very old school British thing um, (laughs) where it's like, oh, you don't think too much of yourself sort of a thing. It's always, it's that kind of sarcastic humor that always takes people down a little bit of a notch, you know? Um, And I can only say that because I know like these were the jokes. My, my great grandfather was from England. So, you know, we had these jokes, you have a stiff upper lip and you don't self-promote. Or... Like we think either you're like a total self-promoter or you have to avoid that entirely to be godly. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. And in Canada, we have a really unique, 
I don't know, reluctance to do that. Like our friends to the South aren't so reluctant about that, are they? Not at all. No. And a lot I, of them have no problem yeah. promoting themselves. No. And I think like, so we've chosen our core values as an agency. The top one is be humble. And so it was actually my friend, George, who helped me understand about humility. He's, he says that it's a right assessment of yourself. And a right assessment of yourself doesn't think more of yourself than you are, but also doesn't think less of yourself than you are. Mm, that's good. And so if I know who God has made me to be, then that allows me to not self-promote, but just be who I am. And it's okay because you're reflecting, you're reflecting your maker in just mm. being that. And then we like we have be honest and be smart and be skilled and be kind and stay hungry. And so when you when you have those core values, like it's hard. To not just say, you know, hey, you need to know about this stuff. Like, how do you not know about this? This is incredible. And ultimately, my calling, um, if you were to drill down and say, what is your why? My why is to resource the church. I felt very early on, I was actually, um, I was like 21. And I really felt like God called me as my calling was to feed the sheep. And so, which is a weird thing, but you know, what that has meant to me is that it means that I get to see the church across Canada equipped and encouraged and strengthened because they have what they need to live and to thrive. And so, you know, whether, so that's how I, how I look at what we do. So when I tell people about see here love or i tell people about compassion or ijm or bible league or any of the incredible organizations that we get to work with or clients or an author it's it's for that purpose it's so that they have what they need and and i was really convicted that you know i lived out, away from canada and then then i came back and i felt like my own people were starving because they didn't know where to find the food oh and so my job as a shepherd is to help the sheep find the food and to make them, I, I don't make them grow, but I can make sure that they have what they need to live. And wow. so that's why, you know, if you were to scratch me, ultimately, that's why I'm doing the podcast. That's why I come to work every day. That's why I love what I get to do. That's why our team is so important to me is because we do work that is building into the church in Canada. And we need people to pray for us. Yeah. If you think about it, like that is a ministry. It, we're a business, yeah, like but a, we're a ministry. Like a, you're like a missionary, mm -hmm. a marketing missionary. Yeah. Like really, essentially, yeah. that's what yeah. it is. You know, it was, it was funny. I was actually going to ask you about your legacy, which clearly you've answered. But I think as you get older, Ellen, you start thinking about that. You know, mm -hmm. as you lead and you look kind of back over the years, and you're like, what, what is my legacy mm -hmm. going to be? Not that I'm not thinking each day I continue to be faithful in what God has called me to mm -hmm. do and all the passion and humility. And I love, I love in your core values, the hungry part, because mm -hmm. that just resonates. Like mm -hmm. when you're hungry, it's like you're hungry, you're curious, mm -hmm. you just, you're desiring more. And part of that feeds into for me, like this hunger and desire for more of God and what he wants, yeah. which then fuels then basically the direction and, and mission and vision of your life. Yeah. Yep. And as I get older, I realize that a lot more in my own life because I was kind of trying to figure it out on my own when I was younger and it was a mess. <laughs> we all do. Yeah, like a disaster. Yeah, I was all over the place. And now I've kind of settled in. But legacy, I know you said it, but if you were to like just sort of like encapsulate mm -hmm. 
right now at this age, as a different kind of leader, as the, you know, the president founder of Graf Martin Communications, evolving and shaping, being a marketing missionary, what would you say? I would say that others had what they need to thrive. You know, that I was able to serve up the food that they needed. And I mean, you and I have talked about this, about this adoptive mother's heart. And that kind of comes out there that that's really one of my girlfriends said, you know what you have in the end, Ellen is an adoptive mother's heart. And it's that there's room at the table for you and I will make sure you have what you need and I will make sure you're safe and you're seen. And, um, and I think that about individual people, but I also think, and, and the people that I get to work with, um, the organizations I get to work with, like I fail at that all the time, but at the same time, that's what drives me. Like that's where my, like, you know, if you're going to, you know, pinch me and make me cry, that's what it's going to be about. And it's honestly, I think that's the legacy is that others had what they needed to thrive. And I'm learning how to do that. I'm not perfect at it by any stretch. And I, and I script all the time, but um, if I want to get better at one thing, that's what I want to get better at. The adoptive mother's heart. Eh? That's mm-hmm. beautiful. I mean, it resonates because we've talked about, you know, me being adopted and mm-hmm. you adopting and you know, what, how, what, what that means. Um, I think for both of us, and I think I've, I've never really heard that. I've actually, I've never heard that before. Someone say that the adoptive mother's heart, as far as, you know, sort of legacy and, and what I want to be known for. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's, you know, one of the things when we're afraid to self-promote, one of the things that I really believe helps us is having someone like you, like everyone needs a Melinda who will say to them, of course, people want to know about that. You need to tell them. And I get to be that for so many, like through my work and and now through this podcast, I get to be that and say, you need to tell that story and you need to tell your story. And, and you get to do this every day with your show and your podcast and all that you do. Um, but it, that almost is the, there's something I love called permission to go second, where when you share your story, it frees someone else to share theirs because they're like, I'm not alone. And someone else has the same story. In the same way, I think there's this permission to share when you say, no, your story is valuable and you need to share it. And whether that's an organization telling who they really are, that's why I care about brand. I don't care about brand because it can sell more stuff. I care about brand because it is it gives someone the permission to say what God has uniquely called them to do and what their role is, and it helps them tell people better because ministries traditionally in my experience have been awful at identifying what really makes them unique um, and who they really need to tell that message to, because there are certain people who will just connect and you need to find your people. It's part of finding your tribe. And, um, and that's why I care about brand is that it gives me the chance to tell an organization, like we had someone here just a few weeks ago and we're digging through this. It's hard work because when we talk about brand, we're talking about language. We're talking about, this is who you are. And when I talk about visual brand, like people often say their brand is a logo, but it's not. The logo is just the clothes the brand wears. I really believe that. And so we work a ton with brand, with organizations. And and really when we're doing brand work, it's saying you need to tell your story and you need to tell what God has called you to do because it allows you to do more of what he's called you to do. And if your marketing is terrible, your lifespan is short. And so that's why I believe we do marketing for good. It, it extends um, what these organizations are be able to do. 
um, because they can tell their story well. I think you need to be the marketing go-to for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And when I say everybody, listeners, I mean everybody. Well, I think too, Ellen, just sitting here, I mean, the passion in which you 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 speak about the work that you do and your legacy and this for good and you know food for hungry people and the sheep i mean those are it, it's just it's wonderful and beautiful to hear that that is that's why you are motivated or you're motivated by those things mm-hmm. it's not for any sort of like self promotion mm-hmm. or to be you know the best marketing you know team in the world but it it's really from a, a place and space of great love, mm-hmm. you know, for people, which we need more of in this world. But I really, truly, I think this great love to see people grow and develop and continue to do the work that they believe God, you know, has given mm-hmm. them. And it's, and it's this call for them, whether it's just an individual or an organization. Totally. So I commend you on that. That, that is, that's so beautiful and wonderful. And I'm really excited about this Change Makers podcast. What are you yeah. most excited about? I know you'd listed uh, the people oh. that you're going to have this season, but what are you really excited about? Because this is this is a really exciting mm-hmm. and, and a moment to celebrate mm-hmm. as well. You know, I I'm excited to help people feel less alone in their leadership and less alone in their ministry and less alone in their marketing. Because um, I mean, if you're a marketer in a Christian organization, most of the time you're not called a marketer, you're called like a communications team, which you're a marketer. Mm-hmm. And so you can't even be honest about what you do. <laughs> like, like Hey, you're a marketer. And so I'm really excited about like our, our country is big, but we're so spread out. And so one of my greatest joys, you know, through my work over the years has been introducing people to each other. And, um, like there are two phrases I say a lot. One is, you know what we could do. And that's my ideation and my creativity mm-hmm. coming out. I say that all the time, drives people crazy. <laughs> I have to have a whiteboard here to capture my ideas because I'm going to push everybody over the edge. The other is, um, so you, you know what we could do. And the other is, you know who you should know. Right. And so that connecting people to each other has been massive for me. And so I think that this podcast is going to allow us to do that um, so that it will make our world smaller. Like mm. you'll get to meet the people I know who are just so cool and doing amazing things. Well, congratulations. I'm really excited to tune in to the Change Makers podcast. And I, you're going to be interviewing everybody? Yeah, I'm going to be interviewing okay. people. So hopefully you like my voice. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Or you could just drone. Yeah. Maybe you could try different voices. You could, you could, could try different characters. Yeah. Um, there's lots of great ones out there that people <laughs> might t- respond to. I talk a bit fast and so I feel bad. <laughs> I was telling people like, I put all my podcasts, like I listen to Carrie Newhouse podcast all the time and I put it on 1.2 speed, which is just perfect. Um, <laughs> but I'm a little bit afraid for people who might do that, like put me on 1.2 speed because I might sound. So early. you do hit you. Yeah. So you actually tune Carrie faster. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause then I can listen to more, you know, <laughs> move it along. Yeah. Oh, well, so that's how it works here. Oh, yeah. No, I just, you know, I, I have short drives. So, but that's how I do it. And I'm learning good, from Ellen. like the younger people in our office. They listen to things at like two times. I don't know. I, I don't do know. That. I don't think I could do that. No, I can't do that. I know. I have to be really intentional about like slowing down mm-hmm. myself too and really thoughtful. But I'm excited. I think you're going to do a great job interviewing people. Um, 11 years. It's going to be exciting to see many more years ahead for Graf Martin Communications and just encouraging you, Ellen, on 
this different kind of leader. We need more of those. And I think it will be inspiring a lot of young leaders, entrepreneurs um, through this podcast. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to be a part of this in the beginning and really excited to see where God is going to take you and your team um, in the days ahead. I'm so glad I got to do this pilot episode with you, my friend. You're a pro interviewer. And if anybody hasn't seen your show yet, they need to check out See Her Love. It is available online, Mm -hmm. but also on Yes TV. Yes. On which night? Um, Yes TV on Monday nights. Monday nights. And uh, podcast, radio, and video streaming, and YouTube. We're all over. We're on every platform. You're doing what people need right now. Like ministries really need to learn from that. So you're, you're where people are. Thanks. Well, we make a little power team, so this yeah. is great. So thanks for having me on, Ellen, and I'm really excited for you. Thanks, Melinda. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Changemakers podcast brought to you by Graf Martin Communications, your marketing team for good. Graf Martin Communications is Canada's leading PR and marketing agency serving faith-based organizations from coast to coast. Visit grafmartin.com to learn more.